0: So let's get to David in Goliath. Now today, the reason we're here, this is the day the 12 spies were dispatched in the Promised Land. Worst decision ever. The people were destroyed and their destinies changed forever It's still affecting them. It's also the day when the name of Jesus, the original not Yeshua, but all the way back to Yahushua was created. It was given to the one we know as Joshua, who took them into the Promised Land eventually. So. This is a significant day in history. So, of course, 40 days later, after today, the spies came back, fear of giants. They wouldn't go in. God says you got a 40-year wait. Have a nice time. So we're looking at facing our giants. You know, their children would enter in and kill those giants with God's help. And when we hear the word giant, of course, we're going to think David and Goliath. But a few people really know the story and know the history as well. So... First, let's get our bearing, because right now we're looking back 3,500 years ago. they come out of Egypt. They're on the promised land. They've, they say no. They have to wait 40 years. Their kids go back in. So David lives 500 years after that time of Moses. But what's interesting about the story, what ties him, besides the giant, is... When Caleb and Joshua crossed the Jordan River and led the next generation of Israelites into the Promised Land, they defeated all the Canaanite tribes when God and a host of angels showered rocks onto the heads of the giants of Hebron, who were called, those giants were called the Anakites, the children of Anak. Here's what our English translators describe it like, and it's it's a fine description, except the Lord, it's Yehovah, (laughs) cast down large hailstones from heaven on them, there are more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there. So I I love the reality that they're so terrified of these giants. They never consider the fact that God is going to do the fighting for them. If they would just go. He already told them. Engage in the battle. Yeah. Over and over, it's it's hilarious. Mm. You know, if you ever want a fun story, go back to when they cross the Red Sea. They're terrified. They cross, and Moses sings a song, and he sings about how God is going to destroy the, all the giant nations that they're going to face. But they forget about that <laughs> by the time they get there. So there wouldn't be another giant killer in Israel like Caleb until a young shepherd boy stood in a nearby valley. It's not too far. You can see Hebron from the Valley of Elah. It's about 15 miles away. You can easily see it, which is now the valley of Ella, where Ella is split in two by a brook. Now, here's where you need the Hebrew. The stones in this brook were washed down from a place called Migdal Oz. That's a long O. It looks like Oz, but it's Oz. The place and its name are crucial to the story. They come from Proverbs 18.10. The name of Yehovah is a Migdal Oz, a strong tower. Hmm. The righteous runs into it and is safe. So what is amygdalos? The name of Jehovah. So think about this. This is what's holding David together and everything about his battle is gonna hinge on that one verse and that one reality of the stones that he's gonna use. Right, you catch that? The very stones that David used at his weapon of choice come from a place called the name of Jehovah. If you pay attention to the words he spoke to Goliath it's rather obvious that David was being very intentional. The name of Jehovah is not just part of the story, it's central to the story, unless you read it in English. In 1 Samuel 17, Israel and the Philistines were camped on two hilltops, and every day for 40 days, the giant Goliath had been taunting them to fight him. David volunteers and he packs what? Five smooth stones mm-hmm. from the brook. The stones come from Migdalos. The name of Jehovah is a strong tower. In his pouch, the stones. He carries a staff and a sling in his hands. As he drew near to the Philistine, who was offended at the idea of facing a small shepherd boy, <laughs> nothing worse than a giant looking down. And this is this is a little boy with a sling and a stick, not a great warrior. And the Philistine called on his gods. Now that's the word Elohim. Again. Uh-huh. Hebrew and Aramaic, they're both same size letters. You don't have capital letters, so they just owe him to curse David. Come on, the Philistine told David, and I'll give your body to the birds. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and a shield. But I come to you, in the English, in the name of the Lord of hosts. Well, that's not really a good verbiage because it's so important in the phrase, isn't it? I come to you in the name of Jehovah Sabaoth, or Yehovah of Hosts, or if you will, the God of angel armies. Mm. That's a better translation. Specifically, the God of the army of Israel. The Elohim of the armies of Israel. Whom you have defied. This day, says the Lord, but this day Jehovah will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. That all this assembly shall know that... Yehovah, not the Lord is what he says in English, does not save with sword and spear for the battle is Yehovah's, or the Lord's in English. And he will give you into our hands. A little boy with a stick and a sling facing a giant. You know, we don't know, 10, 15, 20. He's a big boy, and he's big wide too. Bigger than David could have ever dreamed of, and he has no fear. <laughs> David was small for, for regular dudes. Yeah, Yeah. So there are several <laughs> things to notice in the story. Number one, The Hebrew language is made of symbols, not letters. So none of the words, like Elohim, are capitalized to show that they refer to the real God as opposed to the gods of the heathen. Mm -hmm. Until God revealed his name, Yehovah, to Moses, the names El and or Elohim were the most common ancient words for an idol or a god. The real one and all the false ones, right? So there is no difference. So if he was standing in there and just saying God, he's just saying the same name as Mm -hmm. Goliath is saying. So Goliath used Elohim to refer to his God, and David used the same word to refer to the real God. But if David read his words from our English language Bible, where we insert Lord, Adonai, it would have had a similar effect, would it? No. Lord is a title referring to God or gods. They said Adonai too. Same word. But David knew his God by name. And he made a point to use that name to describe him. Well, Without the actual name of Jehovah in the text, this story is missing the main storyline because the stones are about his name. <laughs> Goliath, holding his massive weapons, threatens to kill David and feed his body to the birds. But you see, David responded that he was coming in the name of Jehovah Sabaoth, which is connected to our event today. There are two things lost in translation. First, God has a lot of titles but only one name, Yehovah, which means the God who was and is and will continue to be. So David's words are rather brave. He's saying, you're not facing me or some man-made Elohim, you're facing the living God who will not lose or die today. I'm confident of the outcome because he always was. He's God right now and he's going to continue to be God long after this battle. So, when David speaks, he's saying pretty confidently. Secondly, David used a very specific version of God's name, Yehovah Sabaoth, the Elohim of the armies of Israel, whom you have to find. Now, as I said, that could be translated as the God of angel armies or the armies of Israel. He's saying this in the shadow of Hebron. Where 500 years earlier, Jehovah and an army of angels cast down large hailstones from heaven on Goliath's ancestors, the Anakites, mm-hmm. and destroyed them as Caleb and Joshua led the Israelites into Canaan. So David is saying, You see a shepherd, but you don't see my God. Or his angel armies. Mm-hmm. Any more than your ancestors didn't see them. Right. And then David added some important details why he wasn't fighting with a sword or spear. The Lord, Jehovah, does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is Jehovah's. He uses what? Stones. David essentially said, We won't need weapons today. We have the name of our God. <laughs> These stones. This is what this is. Yeah. You just think they're stones. <laughs> the Anakites were not defeated by an army of warriors with swords or spears all those years ago. They were stro- destroyed by a group of young people and by stones thrown by God, a God named Jehovah. And that history lesson was updated that very day. You see, the stone sailed from the young boy's sling and the giant fell. The boy took the giant's sword and chopped off the giant's head. Here's the scripture. When the Philistines Philistines saw their hero had been killed, they fled. So Goliath falls, but the whole army of the Philistines leave very quickly. Because of a rock again. Uh, Just a little rock. (laughs) Just a little stone. (laughs) Then the children, the soldiers of Israel and Judah rose up, shouted a battle cry, and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath to the gates of Ekron. Why did the Philistines flee? Well, they had plenty of other giants. Goliath had four brothers. And more than enough weapons. Israel didn't even have weapons. They had tools. Still, they fled because a boy killed a giant with a stone. Why? Because their history was screaming at them that day. Mm-hmm. Young people, rocks, giants killed, Jog armies destroyed. Their memories. Angels, <laughs> God, God of Israel. You know, there was way a lot more going through their minds than we read in that little story in English. Mm-hmm. Allah was beginning to look too much like the beginning of the Anakite defeat long ago. They had no desire to see their ancient history visited upon their heads. So the story of David and Goliath, uh, you can't leave out 500 years before. You can't leave out Hebron. You can't leave out Caleb and Joshua or or how God kills giants out of that. Mm. Because... That's the reality of the story. So Amen. as we sit here on the cusp of this day, looking across from the 12 spies we're sending, you can see how foolish it was for those 12 spies to not trust God. They missed out. They died, never seeing God's provision, which yeah. is very sad.